Good evening. It is time for today's Tax Talk. I'm your host. I'm attorney Stephen Leahy. It is Tuesday, Crypto Tuesday, uh, April 27th, the year of our Lord, 2022. Uh, it is, we're going to be talking about, uh, about, let me make sure I got this right. Is it the 27th? It is the 26th. <laughs> year of our Lord, 2022. Um we're going to talk about the blockchain, internet, uh, crypto, all of that. It's Crypto Tuesday. That's what we're going to talk about. And I hope you join us, won't you? So, uh, it is Crypto Tuesday. We talk about, you know, lots going on uh the crypto's going crazy. We're going to talk a little bit about the value and the price drop. Uh, another big adjustment in the cryptocurrency markets. Uh, but we're also talking about uh, blockchain because no matter what happens with cryptocurrency, really the the, the future is the block is the blockchain and how that's going to affect the internet and the way we use the internet. And so there's a good story today. We're going to talk about the future of W. It's called Web 3.0. We've talked about it on the show before, Web 3.0. But there's a good story about it, so we're going to look into that. And some of the applications of what's going on, uh, different layers of, uh, of the blockchain, how to try to make it faster, help transactions move more quickly. And then there's a story about uh, blockchain and how it might be usurping the usurpers. Uh, well, you'll see what I mean by that uh, if we can get into that. But let's let's start with the with the story about the blo- uh, blockchain and, and the future of the internet. So here it is: Why blockchain is the future of the internet? Um, and blockchain will create a trusted, unf- unfilterable, uncensorable repository of data and information that is accessible worldwide. It's it's quite a uh, goal, I think. Uh, I hope it's a. As you, as anybody who's watched the show probably knows, you know, I'm skeptical of it because the internet was supposed to solve us of all this, free us all, and I don't think it has freed us. It has, and much it's done just the opposite. Um, and I'm afraid that that might happen with blockchain. It give more uh, control, but the goal is freedom. And that's what this—that's what blockchain. At least that's how it's being sold to us today. And I have all the my own my own uh, um, thoughts are that it's there. The promise is there, and I think we can use it for that if we just you know make it that. And may, maybe all of this web stuff is just temporary, and the, the tech oligarchs and all that is just temporary. And the control, uh, maybe we can, can maybe we can get around it uh, after some time. Well, let's see. This is the story. The future of the Internet has been the subject of much speculation and debate in the last few years. From the rise of virtual worlds and and immersive experiences to the explosive growth of social media, the Internet has become a ubiquitous medium for communication and commerce. With the rise of blockchain, the Internet is about to go through a major transformation. This isn't the first transformation of the Internet. Since its public emergence nearly 30 years ago, Kind of odd when you think about it. It's 30 years already. 
The Internet has gone through two major evolutions and is about to go through a third. These transformations not only have changed how we use the Internet and what we use it for, but they they have impacted the world at large, changing how we live and work and interact with others. Web 1.0, the static Internet. And we've kind of gone through this again, and and there's some other stories, but again, I thought this was a good encapsulation of of where we're going and what the hope is of of Web 3.0. The first iteration of the public Internet was the age of the website. Every company needed a website, and that website primarily contained static data and information that the owner of the website thought was important. The corporate website had information about the company, mostly marketing collateral, news and reference websites about also had a stockpile of information. But all of these sites pushed information to consumer, a one-way communications path. This was similar to how traditional media of the day, newspaper, magazines, radio, television, communicated information to the to the public. So just a, as an aside, I, I used to do some uh, web design in 1995. It was just learning HTML. There was no it wasn't a lot of other things there, but just learning how to put HTML up on a page was something. And then I started working with um, uh, coding, and we started doing dyma- dynamic websites uh, using Perl. And uh, this was a transformation, and we and accessing a database to drum- to dynamically create a website on the fly. This is where we were in 1997, something like that, 1998 maybe. Uh, it was it was it was exciting, you know. It was a difference. It's like here we go from the static website to incorporating databases and creating them on the, again on the fly. It was it was pretty incredible. Uh, and now, of course, that's old hat. That's what happens in almost every website. Whether the company was an existing news agency such as NBC or CNN or was a corporate brand such as McDonald's, every company soon had a website that con- conveyed information to the public. Figure 1 illustrates this Internet. A website was an entity that a company created and owned. It had mostly static data, and the data was controlled and managed by the company. The information flowed in one direction, outward to the users. Pretty basic. In this model, data personalization was extremely limited, given the one-way nature of the information. Users could select and filter filter the information they wanted to consume, but they typically had very little ability to influence what the information communicated contained. Users had had virtually no ability to influence other users. Information sharing among users was typically limited to your local friends or bulletin board groups. I remember bulletin boards. These represented very focused and limited audiences. Web 2.0, the web application. The second iteration of the public Internet, the Internet you're using right now, is the age of web application. Here, companies focus on providing a forum for individual users to share information with one another. Web 2.0 ushered in a trend of creating personal blogs and later expanded into today's social media landscape. Companies such as Twitter and and Facebook led the way to democratization of data. 
The, they created applications that allow anyone to post virtually anything on any topic and share it with potentially huge audience. In our current iteration of the Internet, illustrated in Figure 2, web applications and social networks owned by companies such as Facebook provide a forum for users to enter data into applic the application and share it privately with friends or publicly with anyone who might be interested. Today's web applications allow people to communicate across the world with people they never met. When the smartphone became ubiquitous, the use of the Internet grew substantially. Now everyone could stay connected to the Internet all the time. They could talk to anyone they wanted, wherever they wanted, whenever they wanted. The, the uh, Internet exploded. While users found they could communicate with people around the world, the companies who owned these applications found they could collect huge quantities of information about the users and their likes and dislikes. This data became a valuable source of information and a major source of revenue for the Internet giants. Companies like Facebook grew to be multi-billion dollar macro mega corporations, and the founders of these companies became some of the wealthiest people in the world. Then these companies discovered something else they could do, curation. Rather than randomly presenting information from one user to the other, they could use information they gathered about people's likes and dislikes to cater information sharing to the people's interests. The social algorithm was born, and web application companies wielded huge power in influencing what information the people of the world received. This control won over information control over information has made these companies enormously powerful. Many people believe too powerful. Many believe too far. Now we are in this Web 3.0, authoritative data. Now we are in the precipice of a third iteration of the public Internet. In this third generation, data is no longer stored and maintained by the web applications. Instead, data and information is stored in the fabric of the Internet itself. In Web 3.0, data becomes available for any application that needs access and is authorized to use it. The data is no longer owned by an application or controlled by a web platform company such as Facebook. In fact, web applications play a much less significant role in the management of the information. No single application can play the role of information curator, so that so there is no uber-powerful social media company to influence what information people are allowed to see. Figure 3 shows this internet. End users directly manage and control their data and information, and the data is used and managed outside the control of a single company. The web applications are consumers of the information, but none of them own or manage the information. So the, the web applications are now of secondary importance to the data itself. Data and information instead is stored in distributed blockchain that is not managed by any one single company. All of the information in the blockchain is distributed across all internet companies equally, unable to be controlled by a central organization, company, or government. The goal is to en enable shared, uncensored, uncurated, authoritative information that is independent of web applications and an undue influence they put on the information. The information is owned and managed by the real owner of the data, the user, rather than by the web applications and the creators. The result will be a more authoritative and trusted Internet because data will be sourced, referenceable, and uncensored. Web 3.0 should create a more distributed power structure on the Internet than was ever possible with the platform companies of Web 2.0.
the value of blockchain. This revolution leading to the third generation of the internet is enabled by a single piece of technology, blockchain. A blockchain is essential to distributed, data-first, authoritative internet. What is a what it is about what it what is it about blockchain technology that makes it central to the revolution? Blockchain has several features that will enable this transformation. A blockchain is distributed ownership. There is no single source of ownership for data in the blockchain. Anyone can contribute to a blockchain, and anyone can read from it. Anyone can t- participate in distribution of the blockchain. Data stored in the blockchain is immutable, irrevocable, and crypto, crypto, cryptographically signed. Crypto graphically signed, so provably authentic and authoritative, or provably inauthentic and unauthoritative. Everyone knows who the owner of the or, and the originator of all the data is, and all data can be confirmed as it, its source and authenticity. This increases trust in the reliability of the data. No single company can curate, moder- moderate, prioritize, or filter the data in the blockchain. As there is no single owner of the data, no one can manipulate how the data is consumed by users. This means there are no more no data power brokers, such as social media companies, that control and manage the information that is shared. In short, blockchain encourages trust in data and its source by making all transactions transparent and data verifiable. Blockchain is similar to the IP transportation infrastructure of the Internet. There is no single owner of the communications backbone of the Internet. There are companies such as AT&T, Verizon, Deutsche Telekom, and NTT Communications that contribute to the backbone, but there is no single owner that can isolate, filter, or block Internet traffic completely. Even powerful countries that want to block parts of the Internet from their citizens, such as China and Russia, find the job to be constant struggle. All of it takes a new, unfiltered provider to create a new communications path, and all the filtering is worthless. Blockchain will accomplish for Internet data what the Internet backbone has accomplished for disseminating information. It will create a trusted, unfiltered, uncensorable repository of data and information that is accessible worldwide. It is this characteristic that will drive the creation of the third generation of the Internet. And this is why the blockchain is the future of the Internet. The most obvious piece of advice is to learn and understand as much as you can about blockchain. That's what I'm trying to do. And that's what I'm trying I'm trying to get you to do. Please don't confuse blockchain with Bitcoin or cryptocurrency. Bitcoin uses a blockchain, but blockchain is not blo- Bitcoin. The, the value of blockchain goes far beyond the inter- in initial co- implementation used by cryptocurrencies. Next, realize that blockchain is not just a technology, but a fundamentally new way of f- to think about data that will create a new iteration of the Internet. It is as fundamental to data as the Internet backbone is the information trans- transmission. As you start thinking of your future application architectures, keep blockchain in mind. Blockchain will be as important to the next generation of the Internet applications as the public cloud, microservice architectures, and DevOps, I don't know what that is, are to the current generation. Make sure you consider the influence of blockchain in all your application architecture plans for current and future applications. So anyway, that's that's where... uh, that's why I think it's so important that we learn about blockchain and that crypt, our Crypto Tuesday often t- 
talks about blockchain because crypto t- cryptocurrency, as they say, is just a part of the blockchain. It's a small part. It's the first part of the blockchain. Now, having talked about cryptocurrencies, what I forgot to do is what we usually do to start the show, and that's look at the va- at the markets. So let's take a look at the markets while I have it on. So here's the markets. We're on our f- our favorite site, CoinFlip.tech. CoinFlip.tech. CoinFlip is is an ATM, a Bitcoin ATM company or a cryptocurrency ATM company. But here it is. You you see, uh, un- the markets have really taken a dive. Uh, I went through here. If we look at the times, it's 8:39. 8:39 started going down. Uh oh, what happened here? They've kind of changed. So then I go over here, same thing, same time, 8.11. Right here, 8.11, 9.11. So the, the markets kind of took a dive today. Uh, I know the the uh, Internet, I know the, the Dow has taken a dive today too. Um, so over the last week, here's Bitcoin over the last week. Uh, tried to make a rally and then took a dive today try to rally back, but it's didn't. So the last 24 hours, it's down almost 6%. So kind of uh, kind of amazing. But we know we, we've lived this before. Here's uh, Ethereum, same thing. They kind of mirror each other, as I mentioned uh, almost every week, they, that they mirror each other um, very closely. Okay, so uh, that's where we are. I, I, I'm, I'm already at 17 minutes. I'm just going to kind of, I want to just kind of go over some of these other stories uh, quickly, um, so let's let me do this quickly. This is uh, next story is why is a layer two? What is a layer two blockchain? And it talks about uh, a layer on top of layer one to help make uh, to to speed up transactions. So I just want to read this one about what is uh, what is a layer two, layer one blockchains. Yeah, I know it's here. Here it is. Layer 2 is a collective term used to describe black blockchain scaling solutions. These solutions are built on, on top of Layer 1 blockchain and help improve the network scalability and transaction processing speed. They are merely an extension of the base layer. They inherit the features of Layer 1 blockchain and build on them to improve the efficiency of the network. So, again, a lot of the transactions are much slower than uh, than people are used to, so they're trying to speed up these transactions by make by instead of going into the blockchain, doing the transactions on the on the surface and then putting it in the blockchain later. Uh, so that's and again we should talk talk about that another time. One more story, and I just thought this was interesting because it's a use blockchain's threat to Uber. It's always fascinating to watch a tech platform evolve into a true disruptor. Uber was one, but now the disruptor stands to be disrupted. Using blockchain technology, peer-to-peer uh, payments, that can happen overnight. So I just want, um, I think some of this is unethical, to be honest with you. This is merely a simple example of the coming wave of innovation and disruption that we can all expect as a virtual pressure for decentralized combines with a new, highly mobile, highly motivated workforce looking for more control of its own lives. This workforce is far more interested in trans- transacting to, in peer-to-peer and horizontal environments rather than the top-down hierarchies of the old big tech and big business be, uh, big, and big business beware. Nothing in the future 
Nothing is the future forever. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. I, so these, I have them linked in the stories below. So feel free to go look at those stories. I think they're interesting. They all kind of combine and, and kind of uh, support my title today, Blockchain, Internet, and the Future. So I hope you found some something interesting there. I certainly did. That's why I did it. Um, remember, I'm going to ask you to like it. Where else are you going to find this kind of stuff? You can go find these stories yourself. But I find these great stories and I bring them to you. Tax stories, cryptocurrency stories, blockchain stories. So help us get this information out. Help us get this content out to, to others. We need your help. So please help us. And, and remember, if you, if you need help with the IRS, you're having an IRS problem. You owe the IRS money. You know you haven't filed your taxes in some years. What's the first thing you should do? Get a copy of my book. Deal with your IRS problems today. Go to freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy of Deal with Your IRS Problem Today. Go to freeirsbook.com, freeirsbook.com. That's freeirsbook.com. Get your free copy. So thanks so much for joining us here today. I appreciate you taking the time to visit with us. Uh, we'll be here again tomorrow to talk about uh, all things taxes. Not all things, but some things taxes. Uh, so I hope you can join us tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. Out. Out.